All right. So um, just like just like there's seasons in a year, there's four seasons in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there's four seasons in a marriage. And I was reading a book called The Four Seasons of Marriage. And this is not a book club, remember? <laughs> hashtag book club. Hashtag this is not a book club. But it talked about the four seasons in which people go through their marriages. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to unpack it uh, because people need to know what season they're in. Hey, listen. And sure preach. enough, by reading this, I'm mm-hmm. like, dang. Not only have we been through all the seasons. All of them. But you're going to continuously be through all the seasons. So you need to figure out how to navigate through them. So I think it's time to talk about it. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? We're your hosts, Malcolm and Brittany Garrison. And you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) So, um, I love that and i know we keep saying hashtag this is not a book club but i think to what you said in every every relationship goes through what we typically would call ups and downs but i think in understanding seasons um even from what we just said like this isn't a book club but obviously this (laughs) season of our marriage this season of our relationship is in intentional study yeah um it's in really being intentional about learning what we need, like equipping ourselves with the tools that are necessary in order to um, be able to combat the things that life uh, brings us. So yes, this is not a book club, but to talk to what you just talked about, it also speaks to the season that we're in, in regards to our relationship and understanding that our focus is really to be intentionally learning, not only each other, not only developing new, um, newness in our relationship but a part of this layer of our relationship is really intentional study to expand the knowledge that we have the insight that we have to be able to better respond to our relationship but better respond to each other i mean i agree i think when when i'm when i'm going through this when you share me with this book Mm -hmm. you share with me this book i'm going through this i'm like man like i can i can pinpoint a time when we was in winter yes you know what i'm saying and it and it I guess it started, the book started off talking about uh, what winter is inside your marriage, mm-hmm. like identifying what happens, what typically happens with your communication, mm-hmm. um, emotions, all these different things that happens yeah. when you're in the winter stage of your marriage. So I think we should start there. All right, bet. Let's unpack that. Yeah, Um. so... In this book, it's called The Four Seasons of Marriage uh, by Gary Chapman. And of course, you know, we want to talk about this from the perspective of, you know, um, relationships in general, but marriage in particular in this conversation. But it says winter is like the stagnation phase. Winter is where you just kind of get comfortable complacent within the relationship Um, and it says winter marriages are characterized by coldness, harshness and bitterness and I think what was really dope about the way that they put it that made us really look into it was that it talks about the emotions, the attitudes, the actions and the climate of the relationship in each season. Hmm. And so winter technically represents 
um, the stagnation phase where couples may begin, like I said, to feel un- kind of unfulfilled in their relationship. And so the emotions, right? And as you're listening to this, as you're watching this, we want you to kind of self-reflect um, on your personal relationship. If you want to get access to the book, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the description. But there's a quiz in here that we actually took before we did this episode that actually will give you a couple questions, a couple prompts. Um, took me about, what, like three minutes? Yeah, it didn't take long. Just a couple minutes that will allow you to actually see where your relationship is but i'm gonna break this down it says the emotions of winter are hurt anger disappointment loneliness and feeling rejected how how do you think a relationship kind of gets there though well i mean the biggest word that i saw was complacency and unfulfillment and i think over time you know when life be life in Mm-hmm. especially like you got to realize when you're in a relationship with somebody, you still have your own stuff to deal with. Yeah. They have their own stuff to deal with. And then you have your stuff together to deal with. And so I think it's easy to become complacent when you get into the monotony of day-to-day life. I think you said it on another episode recently, you know, when you're talking about dating somebody and, and getting to know them, but when you get married and settling, in, settling into regular life, it's easy to become mundane in what day-to-day looks like. Um, um, especially if you work nine to five, like we haven't necessarily experienced nine to five work life um, in our married life because we pretty much, yeah. well, I guess we did. Technically you were working at the For family, a few years, but never maybe. like both of us. Like we've never been in a place where we both were working full time jobs or something like that, where it's like, you know, oh, we both got to be out the house by a specific time. We get home yeah. at a specific time yeah. and then it's dinner for this time. We spend time together for this time. We wait for the weekend for this time. You know what I mean? We never necessarily experienced that within our marriage, but I could see how that day to day and then don't add kids into the mix. You know what I mean? I could see how the day to day can become mundane and complacent. Um, but of course, I also think sometimes it might be unstone, I mean, unturned stones or, um, you know, resentment or things that have been festered over time. Um, it could be the circumstance of things that are going on within the marriage. Um, I think, you know, when you're dealing with financial hardships for us, I think that was one of the biggest seasons of winter that we've we've had uh, or the seasons of winter have always kind of stemmed from yeah money. Yeah, absolutely. Especially being an entrepreneur. But I got a question because I'm curious. Mm hmm. How how do you think women respond to being in the the winter phase? Like, do they do they have a built up resentment? How do they respond with resentment? Like, is it internal? Do they do they project it onto their husband or spouse? I think I think it can be. Um, you know, women. We can all. I think one thing about being a woman is that you know yourself and you know how we are um but it's also like we don't want to be this way so we act like we're not and what I mean by that is like I know I got a sharp tongue I know I can hit it heavy you know what I'm saying and because I know that um you know sometimes you experience it during that time of the month or whatever where it's like you asked me the other day you were like are you okay and I was like I'm fine and it's like but it's like why are you so I think sometimes (laughs) it's like it might not necessarily be what's being said. It might be the how of how it's said. But um, it talks about like during winter, it's like you may have grown comfortable. You may have lost your spark and you end up in this phase where you feel like you've been taken for granted. And I think mm. that's women respond to being taken for granted very differently than men. Um, I think for y'all, what is it? Is it like, is it like, do they, do they try to punish well, here's the thing. Let's let's finish this. Okay. It says, so the emotions are hurt, anger, disappointment, loneliness, and feeling rejected. 
That's a big thing. Rejection for women is just another type of vibe. The attitudes, though, negativity, discouragement, frustration, and hopelessness. The actions are destructive, speaking harshly or not speaking at all or acting violently. The climate is detached, cold, harsh, and bitter. In the winter season of a marriage, couples are willing to negotiate uh, their different are unwilling to negotiate their differences. Conversations turn to arguments or spouses withdrawal in silence. There's no sense of togetherness and the marriage becomes like two people living in separate places. Mm. So I think to answer the question that you had is like, it's not necessarily how is it for women? How is it for men? It's like this season puts a rift. It makes us, there's no sense of togetherness. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm asking that because I'm thinking from a, from a guy's perspective, mm -hmm. I think in the winter stage of well, in the winter stage of your marriage, I think men they internalize things so much more, mm -hmm. and I think that that will throw off communication because he's dealing with internal battles, but he's not expressing them. Mm -hmm. And not only does he not know how to express them, if he does begin to express something, it does begin to be like kind of uh, argumentative and and aggressive. There you go again. What? Saying that women are argumentative. No, no, I'm saying I'm no, I'm talking about like a man. Like if you if mm -hmm. like say say we're in the winter stage and and, I, and I'm feeling this pressure and I'm internalizing every feeling that mm -hmm. I have, and you say something to me, I'm immediately snapping. It's not even you could be asking me what I want for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And th there could be some built up aggression. That's kind of how we uh, display what we're going through internally. It's not like we'll, we'll say like, hey, I, I'm I'm not right right now. Mm -hmm mentally i'm not i'm off and stuff like, like that's mm -hmm. not something we're going to go out and say but i think you can feel it through our aggression sometimes uh through our displacement like like you said and also our with being being withdrawn mm -hmm. being a bit distant i think that can happen well i think if you go back to like just you know i feel like each episode of this season kind of um it kind of goes into another one. And it's like when a man withdraws from the relationship, but a woman needs emotional connection, it's this is where you get into the complacency and the spark being lost, which if you think about winter is cold. And so there's no spark. If spark brings forth heat, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like, well, now there's no heat, there's no spice, there's no relationship. And so it's like, if right. you're being withdrawn because there's an aggression or there's um, discomfort, it's kind of like, it's also the word complacency. I think that's the other part that puts me into it. It's like, you can be complacent with the person. You you know, it's kind of like, I know you're going to be there. I feel like, right, I mean, do you, feel married, like, so. do you feel like in marriages, like sometimes it, we can take each other for granted because technically, you know, technically you can go somewhere, but you ain't going nowhere at the same time. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Like nobody, I don't, I don't think a lot of people want to go through the processes of divorces. I think they're very heavily contemplated when they are um done i don't know you know what i mean i haven't necessarily been at the forefront of seeing something like that or you know my my friends that have been divorced like i haven't actually like gone into the details of what that looks like but you know i do think it's easy to take advantage of somebody that you feel like is always going to be there because they vowed to yeah i, th I think yeah I, I agree i think it's very easy to uh be complacent because you know that person's going to be there and they're not only are they, uh, well, pretty much they're legally bound mm -hmm. to you for one, um, but you, you feel. I, I I feel like there's there's a, a part of you that feels like no matter what I do, 
or no matter what I do not say, there's still going to be this person here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we understand. Like, I, I don't think when you're going through the winter stage, I don't think you know you are, though. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, we didn't understand. We didn't know any of this uh, until this is this is why I said I feel like the season of our marriage is also inclusive of um, intentional learning. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's easy. It would be easier now if we were going if we were about to experience a winter for us to acknowledge it and know what needs to be done here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, I know that this is the circumstance. Let's not fall into a season where we're no longer communicating because the outside of you know the the circumstances of our marriage and of our life is this but it doesn't have to take root within the space do you think um one person you be going through once and the other one can't like (laughs) well this is what i said before it's like you have your own life so your life could be in winter but what season is your marriage does that make sense like your relationship like this this it's like a three when you're in any kind of relationship it's three different things going on at all times Mm -hmm. it's your life the other person's life and y'all combined life Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because at the end of the day we all live it we live on the same planet but we have our own worlds and then when you you get with somebody you marry somebody you're creating another world Mm -hmm. then you have kids and now you make a world like you literally create a you create your own world then you literally birth a world and now you have to curate their world so that they can go and partner with somebody and build something you know what i'm saying like everybody lives in their own la la land yeah i think anytime there's a a, an abrupt life change you're probably you're probably going to be entering into Mm -hmm. some sort of a winter Mm -hmm. space just because things are so different and and people in general don't like change that's for sure you know what i'm saying like like Having a child, I think we we kind of, when you have that child immediately, man, I think you're not. It's not. It's not like a winter, per se, but it is a winter in a sense. It's, it's, so you have to look at everything. Every season has a moment of transition, though. Like, Correct. Like yeah. okay. from summer to fall, or from fall to winter, from winter to spring, um, and and etc. Everything has a trend. It's like before you get there, you on your way there. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) It's like you know. Like (laughs) you know fall is coming because temperatures start to cool down. Leaves start to fall off the tree. But you know you in winter because ain't no leaves in sight. They're not falling anymore. They're off. It's not spring. You know it's spring because temperatures start to rise right you know spring because there's new things that are birthing and so Mm -hmm. it's like when you look at like i feel like whatever god decided to do with life like everything is symbolic and it kind of matches and has a message to something else yeah right like winter being so cold winter being so bare you know winter being a place where people stay inside they don't want to do the things that they're normally doing you know what i'm saying like you when when summer comes everybody's like we outside in the winter, it's cuddle see you know, it's, it's cuffing season. Everybody want to cuddle. They want to be in a fireplace. You want to be, boo- you know what I'm saying? It's all of those different things because you're not doing the things that you used to do. Yeah. Now you're in a place of hibernation. I'm not so when you think of things like stagnation, it comes from no long like it comes from not intentionally bringing the spark. Mm. It's living in a place of barrenness. You know what I mean? It's like getting in your car and not starting it. You just drive out. Gotcha. Over time, that'll strip your engine. <laughs> you said something there. I'm cracking up, but this ain't going to be no pose because <laughs> this one people be looking at just stuff like, what did she just say? All right. She don't know what you like. What, what? is she talking about? Got to hear the context. But yeah, um, I, I, it's like when you look at the climate and it says things like detached. 
harsh yeah cool bitter you know what i mean this is when you're unwilling to negotiate the differences and everything turns into arguments and so what do you think causes what do you think causes detachment what do you think causes like you know i guess just complacency well i think in this stage i don't think intimacy is is the number one priority Mm. so i think where there's like intimacy there is detachment i think it goes hand in hand like if i'm not if I'm not um, feeling like I'm close to you, and for men, now I'm just speaking from a man's perspective. If I don't feel close to you sexually, I'm not going to. I'm not going to feel like I need to be drawn to you. Like, basically, obviously they're not meeting that each other's emotional need, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm not going to be meeting your need in intimacy. So if that need isn't being met for you. How is my need going to be met? Right. And if my need isn't going to be met, I'm not going, I'm going to naturally withdraw myself. I'm going to naturally distance myself because I don't feel like I'm close to you. And that's how men feel close. It's through sexual contact. So, you know what I'm saying? So for y'all, it's through intimate conversation and so many other things. Right. And if you both feel that kind of way, feel that tension, how, how do you, how do you come together? That's, that's really where the detachment comes from. I think. Yeah. So everybody, basically, nobody's getting their needs met at that point. No one, no one's getting their needs met at that point, and I don't, and and because you don't know what stage you're in, mm-hmm. no one's also working on getting. I think because that. the withdrawalness all always starts with communication, like not talking, um, because it's easier not to talk because you feel like every conversation will start and start and end in a fight. Yeah. Um, and I think it's due to not understanding where we are, what it is that we want to accomplish. And I think it's easier to be combative, um, not as a woman, just as men and women, yeah. but I think it's easier to be combative than to choose to communicate to decipher through differences. Yeah. That's work. It is. No, hundred percent is work. And I think honestly, being in being being with you for ten years at this point, it'll be ten years in March. I can't wait to celebrate that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's freaking insane. It's gonna be ten whole years. Ten whole wow. years, a whole decade. But going through this decade with you, it's like realizing when people say marriage be hard, <laughs> shout out to Kevin on stage Duh. for that one. But it is it, it's like hard. Is that the word or is it work? You know what I'm saying? Because like anything that you work hard at, work. it hard is work. hard. It's the hardest of work. It's um, I, I just think because you come to you come to a marriage, you come to you come together. Selfish, you know, what I'm saying like you come as an individual, you come as I'm only cared about myself for my entire life. And then the second that you make those vows, you all become one. Nah, so that means. Anything you do affects the other person. Mm-hmm. And I was telling I was telling my friend, like, because he got engaged, I said, bro, marriage is the most selfless thing you could ever do. Now that's facts. It's the most selfless thing you could ever do for both sides, for you and for her. Mm-hmm. And to understand that y'all are becoming one, so y'all are making decisions. Right. You know what I'm saying? And don't allow anybody to come between those, those decisions. But understanding, but if you understand that, if I if I've been me my entire life, I I only had to care about me, and now I have to always consider somebody else. Yeah, how how hard is that adjustment? You know what I'm saying? I think it was 
also interesting that they started with winter. Yeah, well, yeah, they started so. Well, because I think that's <laughs> the the think about it. People always want to start easily, not re- and, and when you get into a relationship, especially now you cross the threshold of marriage, mm-hmm. it's like you start in a place where everything has ease, and the disconnect always comes when you go through hardship. It's like. Like I told Malcolm, I want to call this episode "Can You Stand the Rain?" Why? Because I think that song was like the most prophetic relationship <laughs> song of ever. Think about it. Sunny day, like on a perfect day, I know that I can count on you. When that's not possible, can't tell me. Can you weather the storm? Yeah, you know it's what I'm saying. Storms. Like I know you can be here when all is well. Yeah, but when that ain't possible, tell me, can you weather the storm? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Income in so many different ways. I mean. Somebody could be sick, you know. One one of you all can be, it can come. Winter can come in so many different ways inside your marriage. That you're right. Can you stand those tests of time? Those vows. Everybody are, loves them. Are much bigger than real life. Providing, protecting. All, you know what I'm saying? Yes, but I, you don't. You don't really know what you signed up for until you in it. Until you go through something. Until yeah. you go through something like to, it's easy to say to have and to hold. Um, what stuff. is it <laughs> for richer or for richer because we didn't do the poor thing but then if you experience financial hardship it's like first of all I didn't commit to this in the first place <laughs> we literally told my dad at our wedding uh, don't say it for richer for richer like don't put Facts. we don't we're not speaking that p- poor stuff up in here but it's like but now if you go through financial hardship like can you weather the storm yeah you know what I'm yeah. saying like that song is crazy because I need somebody who can stand by me through the good and the bad will always be there. Like sunny days, everybody loves those. Yeah. Everybody wants it when it's good. Your job, your business, your parent, you know, parenting. Everybody loves when their kids is cute, but when they're giving you a hard time, you be ready to slap them up <laughs> up a wall. <laughs> like, but can you stand like this season? Can you stand this season? You know, I, I um I don't know if it was on uh social media or something like that, but I was reading that this girl said you all, I want y'all to listen to me when I say picking a spouse, picking a husband has nothing to do with how much he makes, what he does, the value he brings. It's all about who's who's going to be willing to get up in the middle of the night and assist your child when she, when I'm sleeping or when or, or the other person sleeps. Basically, what they're saying is who's going to be willing to sacrifice something in order to make your life better. Mm. That's the man you want to marry. That's the woman you want to marry. Mm-hmm. The person that's going to make the deciding choice every single day that we're together. We're, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. We're a team together. And no matter what that is, no matter what it looks like, I'm willing to sacrifice something for the team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I thought, I was like, man, she right. Well, let me ask you this. When you decided to marry me, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Ooh. Nah, ooh, nothing. when you decided to marry me like what were some of those things that you looked at because that's a very profound thing um I, I mean i looked at character i looked at character i looked at um values i looked at uh, authenticity and the things i looked at when i when it came to to, to getting married and, and knowing you were the right person it was it was nothing that was material about it it was nothing mm. that uh, was beneficial to me. It was more so who who can I build a life with? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like who's willing to build a life? Because mm-hmm. that is rare these days now. That is a fact. You know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, we got married, what, five years ago and, yeah. and got together 10 years ago. So 
obviously we didn't have nothing in the first place we didn't have nothing in the first place when we met you know what i'm saying right. uh we we literally went through through life and stages of mm-hmm. life and continue to go through stages of life uh together but what i more so was was really just thinking about who 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 can be the mother of my children who would i who would i trust to raise people on this earth from me you know what i'm saying like and, and and I I mean at the end of the day I couldn't I couldn't see anything else you know what I'm saying uh, I just think sometimes we get in the way of what's really important yeah what's really important do you do, does she value family does she value all these different things and and not just based on her looks you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. not just based on what she can do for you what's substantial enough that when things go through your relationship and things happen in your relationship who's willing to stand the test of times. Can you stand the rain? You know what I'm saying? For me, it was leadership. It was like who, like the foundation of your mind, Mm -hmm. the foundation of your character was all about being very intentional on leading. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I was attracted to when I first met you was the fact that like Malk's lean not to temptation (laughs) peer pressure (laughs) vibe like was the craziest thing I have ever seen for those of you don't know my husband he does not drink um (laughs) he does not smoke like he does not indulge at all um in inebriation and intoxication now that is not the case for his wife (laughs) and it's like being with me like let's not even talk about peer pressure like being around me and that hasn't changed Mm -hmm. too and so for me it was like being able to see you stand on your own and stand on your principles stand on your values and the things that you say like what i say is what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's nothing that's going to deter me like what i the decisions that i make are decisions i make yeah you know what i'm saying like that's not to say obviously that you have never drunk you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. like when i do this is a choice i decided to make it ain't because nobody told me to though yeah, yeah. it's not on no you know and this is it and for me the convert the the thing i'm talking about is you know alcohol and smoking and stuff like that but it was it wasn't that it was what it symbolized for me mm. it was that you would stand on your own and you would fight for whatever it is that you believed in yeah regardless of what somebody told you and i thought that was really really strong so i looked at the leadership aspect because there's been plenty of times hell i tried to sway you on different <laughs> stuff um you know what i mean when i told you quit your job because of this because i believe in this and you're like are you crazy madam <laughs> i believe too baby but uh this don't right. make no sense this is not how we move and so when it was even being able to learn like you know i was making more money than you in college mm-hmm. you know i had a significantly <laughs> i had a government job Listen, i was making 50 dollars a week <laughs> I'm struggling. I had bad. a government job. And so I would, I would go home for the summers and go home for break. And I would come back with a lot of money. And it was like, even just the principles of like, why would you just spend it all? You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like spend it on me. It was like, yo, you making your $50 stretch for a whole I week. Ne- I never went without. I don't know how. You know, but that was, it's like stuff like that, though. It's like, so that steward, you taught me. I mean, I was looking at stewardship. So I thought about the fact that there's nothing. And over time, the older we got, it was also sacrifice. Like you were willing to sacrifice whatever to make sure that you nothing would change within our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Even being intentional about getting life insurance once we, you know, found out we were having a kid. It was like, I never looked at stuff like that. And your mindset the becoming... Um, even the maturation of it all, you know yeah. what I mean? You've always been foundational. You've always been focused on leadership. But now when you're looking at legacy, mm-hmm. that started to shift. And when you start looking at legacy, y'all, I will have all this man's babies. Do you hear me? <laughs> but just one more. Um, and by all of them, Jesus. I mean one more. 
But you know what I'm saying? It's like, but I understand, like you were like, yo, I want to make sure that if anything were ever to happen to me, God forbid that y'all would be, y'all would not be in the hole or you wouldn't have to be figuring nothing out about that or your life moving forward. And I was just like, yo, the legacy, the mentality, you know, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And so when I started to watch you even abide by that kind of stuff, I was like, I absolutely can spend my, I know I can trust him with my life. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know I can trust you with my life. I know I'm, that you're going to put your family first um, and make sure that all is well. Who girl. All right, now. She affirming out here. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Sorry. <laughs> all right, so what's the, what's the next phase that they talked about? So they go from winter. They go from winter to, to spring. To spring. Okay, we got some sunshine. All right. Sunny you days. Know? Everybody loves them. <laughs> um, so... Spring is the honeymoon phase. This is the beginning of it all. This is where everything is lilies and rainbows. Mm. Um, and this is where, where you're filled with excitement, anticipation, and optimism about what's coming in the future together. Um, you have the the strongest of emotional connections because it's fresh. Yeah. Honeymoon phase, newlywed honeymoon phase. phase. <laughs> like new it's love. just the, that new love. And it's crazy because I used to hate when we first got married and people be like, Oh, look at them, they still like each other. I'm like, why the hell would you say that? Yeah, like, who says that? Why would you who, say that? Why would people say y'all still, well, they still like each other? Of course I do. I married a woman. You know what I'm saying? I hope I like him forever, you know? Um, But I think basically, you know, it's kind of like one of those double negatives where it's like, it's kind of a compliment, but it's also, you know, backdoor. (laughs) (laughs) But I think my interpretation of if I were to say it to somebody is you ain't been through nothing yet. Yeah, you I think that's what I'm, and I would rather you say that. Yeah, like you ain't been through nothing yet, so you don't know how much work it is every single day to choose life with this person. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so the honeymoon phase is incredible. I think it's the best place to be. I'm excited. I got a lot of friends. We got a lot of friends that are newlyweds. We got yes. a lot of friends that are getting married in 2023. Um, y'all niggas, <laughs> y'all <laughs> listen, okay? Can we take a break in 2024? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> but um, you can talk about spring. The rest. I mean, of spring. it says the actions is nurturing, planning. Uh, definitely, you're communicating more, mm-hmm. and you're seeking the help when needed. So mm-hmm. basically, you're not too you're not too uh, experienced that you don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. For because you remember when we first got married, like oh, we yeah, was like yo cooking, and it, I was that, we, we asking people that's been twenty years married, like how'd oh, you yes. how'd you how'd you make it twenty years? You know, what I I'm mean, saying? I still ask them. Like, we still ask that to this day, but I'm saying like in that stage, I feel like you're you're so much more privy to learning mm-hmm. about how to stay married mm-hmm. than if you twenty years down the line you think you know it all, you think you've been through it all. Yeah, facts. And maybe you have, but there's somebody that's always done it much mm-hmm. bigger you know what i'm saying i thought what was interesting about this is like it talks about this is also though where you realize you don't know everything about this person because you're yes. in a whole yeah. new state of being yeah. it's different when you can be like i'm leaving you know what i'm saying <laughs> this is forever yeah this is how this is now become for forever and so it's like i actively like especially if you don't live together like before that and you can go back to your own y'all when we were in high high school we was in college there was this one night i told Malcolm, maybe you should stay in your room tonight man y'all he almost cussed me out because he's like what the hell does that mean i'm like oh what i said we need a break she said we need i think we need a break uh excuse me miss what what the fuck are you talking about for one you got netflix I got a Magnavox. I'm not going nowhere. The fact that she was with me for Netflix is really, really Listen, crazy. But I wasn't waiting for that. But look, 
my point Damn. of saying that was I needed space. We needed space. And I was only talking about going to your room for the night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I thought, dude, no, I really thought, thought you was breaking up, break with me. up with him. Like, I really thought you was breaking up with me. We've never I broken think, up with Was we even together then, though? We, um, I think we were really talking. Listen, y'all, we, we were in a no relationship. We for... never, we <laughs> never, we have never broken up, but we took nine months to actually make things official. Yeah, we was together. Everybody knew that. They knew not to play with me. I'll tell you that. Oh my God. Here All you right? go. No, that's real. I say your name. <laughs> Drop the names. Okay, change church. No, no, no. Oh my God. <laughs> the fourth time you said that today. Because your mom said it earlier. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you know, we we the spring season is where you are, it says you're vital, you're tender, you're open, you're caring. Spring is a time of new beginnings. Mm. The flowers are blooming. The streams of communication are flowing. There's a sense of excitement about life together. You're making your plans. You have great hopes for the future. This is a planting season with the expectation to reap a harvest. Mm. But just because harvest is coming and just because you plant don't mean that it ain't going to rain in between all that. Yeah, I think because I think that's what sets up the possible resentment. Because in the States, I feel like you're doing a lot of sacrificing, mm-hmm. planting the seeds and stuff like that. And... This is probably where you're planning a life. Maybe you're planning on 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 uh, buying spring. a house and but stuff like that. It, you know what I'm saying? Spring, spring for us was a heavy planting season. Like we went to work as soon as we got married. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we we went to work as yeah. soon as we got married. Literally, you know, our I first think- six figure income was. I don't even think. I think it was like four. What is it? We got married in October. Like four or five months after we got married. Yeah. Like no, we, we went, went to, to work. work. We didn't even. And like, for that, I don't even think phase. we actually, ex- I was about to say, I don't even think we experienced a, a actual honeymoon phase of like being married. Yeah. I don't think we did either. We went to work. It was, it was a lot. It's, we were barely home. And. It but was, we were together though. So we I was guess. always, yeah, I was about to say, we was always together. We was barely home though. But we didn't, we, we didn't have the time to work on our marriage. We wasn't working on our marriage. We was working on building a life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it like says planting, so our, planting. Yeah, we our, our so focus was planting. so heavy on planting and preparing because, I mean, at the at the end of the day, at that point, by the time we had got married, we'd been together for five years. We've, we've experienced the lowest of lows because we were college students, you know what I'm saying? Um, How long do you think we was in uh, spring? Mm, because I think this next phase honeymoon? is when you work on your marriage. <laughs> during our honeymoon. During our honeymoon? Mm-hmm. The planting and all that. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. You so know if, what I'm you're, if you're including I, we was that, in that for years. Yeah, I would say, um, probably up until like our second. Honestly, until we found out we was pregnant. Yeah, literally. That's what I'm thinking. That was when we. Fir- that was the first time we ever slowed down from, and we found out we were pregnant right after our second anniversary, like that Dang. week. That week, for two years, we went to work. Yeah, I think this next this next phase in marriage, I think that's when you kind of really sit back and, and begin to work on your marriage, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think because we were in business together and we were business partners, yeah. and like you said, we didn't have a lot of time to work on our marriage in particular. So then when we were forced to slow down due to pregnancy, it's like you actually have to answer to a lot more things that – when you ripping and running and creating and building and all that kind of stuff like that, you don't have, you don't notice are even flaws in your marriage yeah. or, you know, I, I think there was a time like with those conversations where it's like, you know, we really actually don't talk outside of business. Outside of business. Remember, remember I, said, I was like, I don't know. 
I don't know how to separate the wife and business partner. That's because I'm a shark. What does it, that mean? What I think mean? it was me. Because okay. I I Explain think this. you're you're a lot more laid back when it comes to business. You're a lot more meticulous and detail oriented. I'm all about the like getting after it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in those phases, it was like, yo, we have to hit this ground hard. We got to hit it hard. You're like, let's cal- why can't we do a calculated kind of situation and like, mm-hmm. you know, distributed effort <laughs> or something like you that. Know you know what, what I mean? Yeah. Like, why can't I have a wife? And, you know, me, if we arguing about business and we arguing about money and all that kind of stuff like that in business, what we going to do, how we going to do. You're not going to eat dinner that I night. I told y'all, man, we get into an argument and, I, and she would starve me, bro. She I wasn't doing it on purpose. Me. Like what? And we had an argument, but that's what. What did I exactly say to you? No, I I felt like it was like, what do I have to do to get my wife mm. back? But here's the thing, because I could have internalized that. I could have not said that. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think men struggle with that too. Mm-hmm. And being completely open and honest for me, I'm gonna kind of say how say what I feel anyway, kind of guy anyway. Unfortunately, fortunately, um, unfortunately, fortunately. But I think we do have to get better at, at expressing. If you feel it, say it. Because what I what it really was was a cry for help. It was really yeah. like a cry for like I I need I need intimacy outside of we going to a business event and we you know what I'm saying and and we we are happy, but we're we're not we're not working on our relationship, which is rare for a man to say. It is. I don't feel, well, I don't know, but I I know in previous relationships or even being with you, like it took, that's something that came very, very later in our relationship for you to be willing to say that. that. At this point, you talking about we in year, we in year six. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which isn't bad. I'm glad that we got there to the point where you were willing to do that because obviously, like you said, you could have internalized it and we could have went straight into winter. But it's like, I think one of the things, um, and this is off topic, but I talk to divorced people. Why? I want to know what, where's the rift at? Like, it's easy to talk to married people who talk about working through marriage, but I want to know what would you have done differently to make your marriage work? I got you. You know what I mean? And I remember one of the first thing, one of the first conversations we had with a lady when we first got into business together was, you know, and, and it was one of them nights where somebody made that comment. They still like each other. And I'm like, yo, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And this lady in particular, she says, my husband and I built in this same industry and or her ex-husband at the time. Um, I mean, now. And she said, we built in this industry. We went heavy. We went hard and we were great business partners and we lost our marriage in the business and you know when she said that i my i I go into high alert mode for stuff like that because now i do have to be a lot more attentive because then i went into the mode of mentally i would never want to lose i would never want to do all this to get to these places and hate you when we got there yeah you know what i mean why do all this stuff to become multi-millionaires and, and live the life that you desire right. and Second do the things that you want stuff. all this like this is what we did it for only to get there and not even want to do it together or we're not sustainable in that and so this is why i do have conversations with individuals because that taught me a lot mm. if you're telling me this was the demise of your relationship but you were successful in your business did i can't she, do that did she tell you like did she tell you if it was people that kind of no 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 it was them it it was literally focusing so much on the business that what you just said that i lost we gotta do an episode on this (laughs) 
Yeah, I think focusing so much on business that I lost the the relationship. So now I have a business partner, but mm. I don't have a husband. No, it makes sense. I think that it was a power struggle. Mm, that think, too. Is, is that what they talk about in this? No, that's in the, that's the spring, but the next one. Yeah. So summer. 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 Okay. Let's talk about summer. The power struggle phase. Uh, the power. The summer represents uh, when couples are dealing with the realities of daily life and stresses that come with it. This is when they may start to argue and feel like they're not on the same page, and can be characterized by feelings of disappointment, frustration, and resentment. Mm. And they said the realities of this time is stresses may include financial difficulties, mm-hmm. adjusting to new roles, responsibility, and dealing mm-hmm. with extended family members. We're not even going to talk about this. We were just talking about this, and we can't say the things that we want to say because <laughs> these said family members, listen, we love you all. Um, <laughs> but financial difficulties, and sometimes it's too much money. Mm. Talk it, about it. I think it can be having, you know, like it's what I said, like when you start to uh, create successes. So I think financial, sometimes most people only talk about the down season of your finances, but sometimes having too much makes you greedy. Mm, yeah you're right and i think that was our issue is that our only focus was like the more we made the more we made it's like the hunger your appetite gets for more and more exactly. Nothing and more is ever and enough. more it's never enough yeah. and that's where you know when we even talk about taking a break from our business and um you know just to vacation it was like that felt like a sin like yo literally what, what's that. gonna happen if we not going 24 7 and that wasn't healthy somebody actually said that to me today about how i cussed them out for going on a yacht Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> it's like, you know, I just want to be on a yacht, you know, but I want to do it without no repercussions, Brent. And I was like, you know why I cussed you out about that. <laughs> you know, but it's like my mind, like I said, I'm a shark. My mind was so on the work, goal, work work, 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 get it done. And if you worked with me, you knew that was my mentality. Yeah. So for you, I know it was even worse because these are people that don't live with me. Work you you they're they're my business partners, but you like my actual partner. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so sometimes I think in finances, like we used to talk so much about money and we were making so much money. Yeah. You know Literally. what I mean? But it's still, still a problem. fighting, still fighting still about fighting money. About money. Because now it's about what we're going to do with it. How are we going to do with it? I want to do this. You want to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to spend it. You want to save it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, And then it says financial difficulties, adjusting to new roles and responsibilities. Having a child changes everything. Yeah. Because now you're not just um, husband and wife. You're not just boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, still trying to maintain that whole aspect of your relationship. Now you mom and dad, and this person didn't ask to be here. So you can't choose to not work with them. I mean, not work with them. You can't not work, not raise them. You know what I'm saying? You can't choose to not raise them. What? Because we took the quiz. I can't remember what which one did we actually. It said uh, we were in summer. It said we was in summer. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I think it's I think it's accurate because you said that as you were I as we said were. It you as, said it. Yeah. He said I feel like we're in the summer, and I'm like, ah. Right. She was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, no. I think I think we definitely in the. You know, I'm trying to figure out where where did I come to that realization? Well, here you go. It says so the actions communicating constructively, mm. accepting differences, attending seminars, reading books, growing spiritually, and I'm thinking like this yo, is this is why <laughs> that is us right now, like that's, us right now, like y'all are hearing in real time what kind of phase we're in in our marriage, mm-hmm. and it's because we spent so many years in the front end, um, planting seeds and building and trying to build a life that we didn't take the time to kind of build us. 
individually. And and that's another thing in itself because we met so young. Yeah. That that becoming an individual becomes that much harder because you're doing life for somebody else at your youngest heavy. years. You know what I'm saying? Heavy. You know what I mean? We were doing life together. Heavy. Doing life heavy. And thankfully we were we were uh more mature than I think we were for our years. Yeah, for sure. That that we didn't let that, you know, kind of distract us from actually trying to move forward in life. Mm-hmm. But it still makes it hard to to become your own person when you've been a, a, a really a, a couple. What is this? You know what I'm saying? Like you've not even a couple. A like y'all, we've been one since yes, day one. You know what I'm saying? Will become one, and that is a hundred percent been us the whole time. Even before because marriage. even when, even like when I got pregnant, if I couldn't travel to business stuff, he's like, "Where's your wife?" Yeah, I'm like, um, uh, "Where's your is, husband? Am I enough?" You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it wasn't until those moments that we realized our codependency, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Where it's like, I don't even want to be apart. You know, of course, like you, my husband, I don't want to be apart, period. Mm. But it's like, damn, you really was like, yo, I can't even do, I can't even do nothing, not only by myself, but in other people's eyes, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. But so the climate of the relationship is a comfortable, attached, supportive understanding. In the season of summer, um, the dreams of spring have come true. Couples get to enjoy a great deal of satisfaction from their accomplishments. They're resolving conflicts in a positive manner and they're having, uh, having accepted their differences. They are seeking to turn them into assets for their relationships. Husbands and wives have uh, a growing sense of togetherness. And that's what we talked about at the beginning. Like, no, this is no, no, this has not turned into the soul. Let's talk about it. Book club. But right. like Malcolm said, y'all are literally being able to hear it and see it in real time of us evaluating our relationship. And literally what we're talking about says this is where we are. <laughs> it's, it was wild. I'm, I'm like, dang. Communicating constructively, accepting differences, attending seminars. We literally just went to a seminar <laughs> on, on Friday at our church. They had couples night and they were talking about, lit- ironically, they were talking about the same book that we just did an episode that we had just done. An episode on talking about his needs and her needs and being able to leave from there. And although we had done a podcast episode, there was still more insight that we hadn't even talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was we didn't even get to finish that episode, like because it was so much to unpack. And obviously, y'all know when we get to talking about men and women and sex and affection, it just always goes left. Oh man. Yeah, it definitely but does. But from even that, I mean, you tell you tell me how was your experience like going to that because that's the first time we've actually gone we've been to plenty of seminars plenty of workshops conferences etc this is the first time we had gone to something that was specifically for our relationship this is the first thing this is the first time i actually went to something at a church that wasn't church related Mm -hmm. uh, but it applied in my life and believe it or not i was excited to go i didn't think i would be excited to go but i was and when we were there i'm like yo this is crazy because I think because I have a, a hunger to to grow in our relationship, um, I just see it from a different lens. But I'm like, man, they one, they speaking about my entire life right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this is this is marriage in itself. But I, I feel like I I just learned a lot. I had a good time. Um, and, and it wasn't too long, thank God. We wouldn't act like Baptist people. Oh my god. And being there for four or fifteen hours. But no, nah, I enjoyed myself. I think mm-hmm. I think it was uh, a perfect date night situation. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody that's that's married, I think you go to something like that where it's couples, married couples, your peers talking about real life things that y'all go through mm-hmm. in a positive way and how to get through it. 
I think any any married couple should do it and go. Nah, it was it was great. Like I said, I think for me it was or in a relationship. Too. Um, it was yeah, it wasn't just for married couples, but yeah. it was for people who were seriously dating, engaged, or married, and it was real talk. And I think like we talk about all the time on the show, like the premise of having these conversations is because a lot of people want to have them. A lot of people are dealing with these struggles internally, um, independently, maybe him, maybe her, and they don't have the language. And it was crazy. That's the same thing that they were saying on stage. Like typically we don't have the right language for what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing to be able to tell you so that we can do this effectively together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I said, that's the season that I feel like we are in in our marriage where we're intentionally focusing on building this space because we're 30. We got decades of life to do together. At what point do you start to focus on? I think for me, it's because I know we put so much attention on building businesses and work and all that kind of stuff like that. It's like, why can I do that for all this other stuff? Why can I serve all these other people and not focus on the main thing? When all those people are gone, when all the claps and the applauses and the stages and the lights and and, and all the hype stuff, when all the stuff is gone, the accolades, the recognition, when it's all gone, it's still me and you. Yeah, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's still me and you. So if I can do all that for all the press, all the people all the stuff then i gotta do it 10 more times for what's right here that's real that's real so the last one is the fall phase the fall cooperation phase. cooperation you got it uh they said this the cooperation phase is when couples start to work through their differences and learn to cooperate with one another uh this phase is characterized by a renewed sense of commitment and a deeper understanding of one another so obviously they've they probably been through some things and they now are willing to one they they know each other better mm-hmm. and they're willing to kind of start working through because uh, it says working through differences couples in this phase may seek counseling mm-hmm. or therapy or engage in other forms of communication problem solving to overcome challenges they may have been facing so uh, I, i'm guessing this this phase is you've already been through some shit and now you like we didn't try everything else Let's get some damn help. You know what I'm saying? I think even beyond the help, like if help isn't needed, I think it's also we've been through things and because of things we've been through, we also know how to deal with them. It's like, it's not my first time around the block. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the first time I've experienced this thing. And if you go from the summer phase where now you're being intentional about learning and communicating and all that kind of stuff like that, I feel like when you get to fall, it's it's interesting because it says some of these emotions are fear, sadness, um, apprehension, discouragement, feelings of being unappreciated. Um, the attitudes are concern, uncertainty, and a lot of blaming. Sometimes the actions can be neglect and failure to face these issues. And this is where you start to drift apart. It says in the fall seasons, couples sense that something is happening, but they're not sure what it is. And I remember when we actually read this the first time, when we mm-hmm. first came across this, we were in fall. I remember this specifically really? because remember it's, it was that part right there. It says they feel like something, a sense of something is happening, but they're not sure what. And oh, we, yes. and, and we talked about this already like all 2022. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what yeah. is going on here? Yeah. We was in that for sure. What is going on? I think it was 2021 into 2021 going into 2022. 2022 for sure though. 2022. It was very heightened. 
yeah, definitely. It says the sense of det- there's a sense of detachment. One or both spouses feel begin to feel neglected. Couples are realizing there's some issues um, that they're not necessarily facing head on. It seems like they're disengaging emotionally, and the other tends to blame each other. And they've probably been in this season for a while. And for us, it was like, I think we caught it early enough. <laughs> Yeah, I think we did. And too. honestly, we, I feel like it was because it. of this. Yeah. Because once we started Tools like this is is needed. Once we started reading through it, it was like we were able to assess the situation and say, "Okay, well now what we going to do? Now that we know what you going to do. We have an option." So listen, now that you know what you what gonna you going to do. Because that's where the work begins. The work begins. What do they say? Acknowledgement is the first step. We acknowledge, like there's an AA meeting. Yes, I mean, exactly but, what it is. but that's the this. If this but has, has to be your, if you this has, has to be your AA moment, and you know, for your relationship, so be it. Yeah, so be it. Because we want to provide safe space. I was to say people people aren't having a conversation. Sometimes we shy away from it, um, because you naturally want to protect the person you love. You don't want you don't want them to feel awkward or you know or feel bad about how you've been feeling. You know what I'm saying? So having a safe space to, to have the opportunity to talk and now seek counsel if that's what's needed. And I think a lot of p- people shy away from counseling. I don't understand why. I've never been afraid of counseling. I've never, you know, sometimes you want that, that release. Oh, my gosh. Man. Diane For Moore, somebody that don't know you. I miss you so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, Diane she had a, the She best. had a college. Oh, my gosh. She had a college therapist. Now, in, in my defense. Me getting a therapist in college was me trying to get out of trouble. <laughs> really? Yes. I was about to get suspended. She's I like, got I'm in not trouble. Stable. I, I got <laughs> literally no, let me tell you what happened. I got in trouble for drinking on campus. Of course, we went to a Christian college. We told you that. So there was no it was a dry campus. You're not Man. supposed to do anything. Supposedly dry. Supposedly. Now Ironically, we don't know what huh? this is, but definitely ain't dry. Um I get in trouble get caught drunk, going crazy. And I literally tell them, I'm like you know, my family has a has a struggle with alcohol. Yo, what? and I don't I don't want to I don't want that to take over my life. And they was about to literally I was about to get suspended for like two weeks, and you know they took that whole moment, which that wasn't a lie. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it wasn't a lie. Um, but but when I said it, I was definitely utilizing it in a manipulative way. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But basically, their resolve for that was I had to write like some long paper. I had to go to four AA meetings, and I Jesus. had to meet with the school counselor every week. And meeting with her every week changed my life. I Antoine Fishered her at the beginning. You what, Antoine you would, like wouldn't say anything. Yeah, nothing. Why? Do, why do people have that natural reaction? I just I, I've never had that. You don't know what you even well one I didn't ask to be here. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't come prepared with, ooh, I can't wait to get in here and tell all my troubles. Like you know what? Now I think about it. when I, I mean, probably the reason why I feel like that is because growing up, no one actually asked how I felt. No one really cared to ask me how I felt about certain things. That's an interesting. That take. was never a question. You know what I'm saying? So if well, somebody, you know, black families back then, it was like you, especially if you're a child, you don't have no opinion. It don't matter. That too, yeah, out of sight, out of mind, for sure. But I mean, even shoot, all the stuff I've seen, I'm like, yeah, no one, no one ever thought to say, okay, maybe he needs to talk to somebody. Oh, how, are you, based on what you just saw, how do you feel about this? Mm. You know, that was never a question. Now I think about it. That's, man, I'm having a. First of all, I'm having a on the fly realization with y'all right now 
So we're going to get crazy. you some um, therapy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, yes, I could, I could I use mean, therapy. Both, I think anybody could use I therapy. Think, I think in 2023, after one, the last year that we have, but just honestly, the last five years of our marriage, we both need therapy because life is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I went to therapy was. 2013 2014 before i graduated from college life is so different since then and every i think i had one session with her after college and i've i've craved for that there it's just something about being able to sort through the stuff that's in your head with a professional with a professional yes with somebody who is licensed to do this <laughs> to actually you know licensed to do this but also like really here to help you sort through that stuff um you know, if, if therapy is what you need, seek it. Whether it's, I mean, we went to therapy. We went to my counselor together. Or even when we did a oh, pre- we did. premarital counseling. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That was great for that was, us. That's a non-negotiable. Uh, yeah. It was, I mean, I think it should definitely be a non-negotiable. Um, but that, that, was, that was a very pivotal point in our relationship, too. Yeah, it was. We learned so much about each other. I think, those... I think if you struggle communicating, you need a mediator. Yeah. To, to help somebody relay what you mean you know what i'm saying especially especially if you're in that in that season but this is a part of the show where uh we pick you know a comment question yes that uh one of you have uh based on an episode that we might have did in the past that kind of relates to the topic that we're talking about yes uh so i'm gonna read it so they say my partner and i are both going through a lot of personal growth and change right now and it's causing a lot of tension in our relationship I feel like we're constantly at odds and I don't like, I don't know how to navigate this stage in a way that will strengthen our bond instead of tearing it apart. I would love to hear from you guys since you've recently gone through a similar experience. Has any advice on how to handle this stage in mar- of marriage in a positive way? Thank you. Mm. We definitely just went through this. Um, I think it's important to communicate where you are as an individual um, because I think for us, we just had a a heart to heart one day where it was like, I don't know why my eyes are watering about this, but I remember having a heart to heart about like where we both were. Like, I literally feel like I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I want to do. I mean, we were at our old house and we were in our bedroom and it was like we were pacing back and forth, just like talking to each other, but opening up about how we had been feeling for so long, but we hadn't shared it with each other. And I think for you, for for that conversation started when you decided to tell me that you wanted to leave our business. Yeah. And I think in that, that genesis and that beginning started a snowball effect of just self-awareness, um, questions and wanting to deep dive into what it was that we wanted to do um, and who we wanted to become and the things that we wanted for our marriage, for our family, Um, And then ultimately for ourselves. And so I think the first thing is really about communication because you have to be okay with, if you're not okay with telling your spouse, man, and I know it's hard sometimes because you, it's like, but marriage is the only place that you get to be naked. Yeah. And naked. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Literally, literally and figuratively because that person is choosing to love you through every waking moment of life. Yeah. And so I think it's it starts with communicating um, freely to tell them where you are so that that person can choose to 
navigate it with you. And sometimes that's even hard because for us, we were going through it at the same time. Literally, we was going through it at the same time. I, I would say like somebody has to take the lead in that in that space. Like somebody has to speak. Somebody has to speak up. Mm-hmm. And if it's the person that's listening to this, it's you. You need to speak up. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like for me, I was internalizing what I had finally told you for like almost a year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, that's a long ass time to hold on, hold something in. That's facts. Uh, mentally and everything else. But I got to a point where I'm like, I have to because my marriage won't won't grow if I don't. Mm-hmm. If I don't come and be honest uh, with her about how I'm feeling, what I want to do, and whatever the comp- the the repercussions are, the repercussions are. But at the end of the day, I owe it to my marriage to to be open and honest. I mean, you owed it to yourself before your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And to myself, because even that's, that's just torture. You out here, you know, not, not frauding, but you, you just, you've been over it for so long and now you ain't voicing nothing. You got to say something. So I think someone just take the lead and, and, and be honest, open up. If the tension is, is there, uh, it's time to cut the bad boy with a knife, cut it with a knife. And the only way you cut it is through the truth. That's real. So, uh, do you have a life lesson? For all I definitely stuff? have a life lesson. Um, my life lesson is that you have to recognize that every single relationship, um, every single thing, it's not even, this don't even just apply to relationships. Um, everything goes through different seasons. Each season has its own unique challenges. Each season has its own unique opportunities. It's what you do in those seasons that change them. Um, it's what you do in those seasons, what you, that you choose to learn in those seasons that elevate the next and prepare you for the next and prepare you for when it rolls around again. At the end of the day, we've never experienced a year where we don't experience winter. Literally. You know what I mean? There's no year that doesn't go through every single season. We've experienced it our whole lives. And so it's understanding that there's opportunity in all of that. Um, even within the challenges. So it's like, take the time to learn the lessons in each of them, even when they're difficult um, and prepare yourself for the next time it rolls around. Yeah. Everything has its time. The the best thing, the best thing about having a season is that it's, it's only temporary. It it never lasts forever. Each season never lasts forever. And meaning the good ones don't last forever and the bad ones don't last forever. So what do you do? What do you learn in those seasons that allow you to get through them? And I got another one because when you say seasons, it took me to sports. Okay. Think about every time there's a specific team that they call the dream team or like, you know, this is the era of, you know, people are trying yeah. to, Malcolm is very serious about whoever's going to dethrone the Warriors and, you know, the Ronas <laughs> can't, you know, but you think about it, there's like, like they're in their season, mm-hmm. but when Steph got hurt, they was out. You know what I mean? It was like, you can be winning in one season, like, but fans show up every season. You have dedicated people mm-hmm. to your team in whatever season you're in. Whether you're in a winning season, whether you're in a losing season, you are a diehard LeBron fan, even though AD don't play half the damn time. <laughs> and it throws off. <laughs> oh, man. It throws off the win ratio. You know what I'm saying? But it's like there's somebody. So it's like when you look at that and within your relationships, within your friendships, uh, within your family, it's like there's still dedicated people on your team, mm-hmm. even when you're not in your greatest season. And so, you know, recognize that and lean in on those things in every season so that we can um, continue to win. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So awesome. This has been another one. 
This has been another episode of the Soul Let's Talk About It podcast. I am your co-host, Brittany Donnell. I'm your co-host, Malcolm Garrison. And you can follow me at Brittany Donnell. You can follow me at Malcolm underscore two underscores Garrison. And don't forget to follow the show at Soul Let's Talk About It podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and please subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.